Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm your host, Jerry Ewald, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration Pack. And today, we are blessed to have a special guest, Kurt Kondrick. Mr. Kondrick felt a calling to speak for the voiceless after the birth of Chloe, his Down syndrome child in 2003. He quit his job as a Pittsburgh police officer, and he, his wife Margie, son Nolan, and Chloe have been on an incredible journey ever since. How are you? Good, Jerry. Thanks for having us. We deeply appreciate all you do there, and we appreciate you having us on your show today to share the amazing journey that God has led us on. It's, it's my pleasure, Kurt. Thank you. Thank you. So look, I'll, I'll start it off. Kurt, tell us a little bit about your life prior to 2003. Uh, you were a police officer, and your life took an unexpected turn. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, prior to 2003, I, I like to tell, I went to college in the 1980s. I graduated with a criminology degree. My lifelong dream was always to be a police officer. And so I, I left, uh, became an Atlanta police officer, served there for six years. Then I worked down in Fort Myers, Florida as a deputy sheriff. And I returned to my hometown of Pittsburgh in the early 90s. And my goal was to be a police officer the rest of my life and retire and make rank and that was my plan Jerry I like to tell people then God had his plan in 2003 when he blessed me with my daughter Chloe who was born with a postnatal diagnosis of Down syndrome and that greatly shook our world and set me on a completely different path as it does to a lot of people when you are obedient and available to God um, yeah so so expand on that a little bit more Kurt like when when Chloe was born how did that change the, traje the trajectory of your life mission? Sure. When, when my wife was pregnant with Chloe, we were both 40 at the time. So during the pregnancy, as I said, I was a city police officer. And it kept kind of like pressuring us to have these prenatal tests. Every time we had an appointment in that, because we were 40, and they said, the, the word they used, we were high risk. And I like to tell people, mm -hmm. risk is not a good word. That's a word that connotates, you know, danger or look out, something dangerous up ahead. But they told us we were high risk to have a child with Down syndrome because of our age. But we declined the prenatal test, and even at one point, a medical person, I asked him, I said, what do we do if we get a positive prenatal test for Down syndrome? And the person said, well, you know, you can make a decision. And I'm like, well, what kind of decision? And they said, well, whether you want to keep your, you know, continue with the pregnancy. And I remember, you know, we knew we were having a daughter. She was already named Chloe. My son, Nolan, who was four at the time, was already talking to his sister in the womb. And, you know, I just thought, here I am, a police officer in a medical facility. And if somebody walks near and threatens somebody's life or, or tries to hurt somebody, I'm going to defend and protect them. But I have medical people telling me if I don't like the diagnosis of my own daughter, then I'm free to terminate her here and just walk out like nothing happened. So that's that was the setup to what was happening. And my beautiful daughter, Chloe, she just celebrated a birthday this week, uh, was born May 16th, 2003. And like I said, we got a postnatal diagnosis. And when the doctor told us that Chloe had characteristics of Down syndrome, it was kind of a negative, somber type of tone in his voice. And I remember asking, I said, can I hold my daughter? Because my wife had a C-section and he was clearing some aspiration in Chloe. And I remember he looked at me and said, oh, you want to hold her? And I said, yeah, bring her over here right now. So I held Chloe. I didn't know anything about Down syndrome at the time. I was just a beat cop. But I said, I said my daughter's beautiful. I said, she'll do fine. And that's, the, uh, that's what changed my trajectory to where I was going with my life. Yeah, God, God really turned it upside down on you. And I, and I love your background as a cop uh, and all that you've experienced there. And you, you said something very interesting, and it, it, I, I believe this is actually your favorite verse, right? Proverbs 31, 8. I think you have it tattooed somewhere <laughs> on your arm. Um, and it, it speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, 
right? And that's that's what you did as a cop, and now that's what you're doing uh, for the, the community that Chloe is part of. Uh, maybe expand a little bit on that being your favorite verse. Well, I, I like to tell people, you know, when I do things in life, I'm rooted in the word, not in the world, because mm -hmm. there's a one letter difference and the L will get you lost because it's all lies. But in in the word is Proverbs 31, 8, which is speak up for those who can't speak from those. And I'll just I do have it tattooed on my arm right here. And uh, it is it is my favorite Bible verse because I think it summarizes the mission as a police officer, the mission is that I call myself a dadvocate now, not just an advocate, but a dadvocate. And the mission is men today in our culture. I just, it dismays me so much how men are refused to take a stand and stand up for, to protect others. And if, if, if needed be, lay down their life for others. So Proverbs 31, is a summary of what, what my life is about and what my anchoring is, which is in God's word. That's great. And um, around here, we, we, we quote from Esther a lot of, for such a time as this, right? So you can reflect on all the things in your life that brought you to this point and look what you're doing. It's amazing. It is amazing. And it's, it's you know, as I've, I've kept a, a good record of it. I have a PowerPoint. I do a lot of presentations mm -hmm. at colleges and, and venues across the country. And as I go through it, it, it is, it's a, it's a great reminder of how awesome God is when you trust in him, not knowing exactly where he's leading you. I don't, you know, Jonah didn't know what was it like in Nineveh. Moses didn't want to be led by God. And Paul certainly was not following after God. But when you allow God to lead you, the path isn't always easy. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of attacks. And there's, because when you're doing God's, when you're shining God's light down here, unfortunately, there's a lot of darkness that tries to squash the light that you're shining and the truth that you're bringing, as you well know, it, it, it's your organization. And uh, but it's been the best mission ever. I like to tell people, and it's been a, it's just been a mission of faith, a mission of obedience, and a mission of life to to really defend and protect these beautiful children like my daughter. And and Kurt, it is a mission, right? Because what I what I read is that 90 percent, or more than 90 percent of Down, children, uh, Down uh, syndrome children are aborted in the U.S. and even 100% in places like Iceland. I mean, how does that make you feel and how does that drive you? Well, what happened, Jerry, after Chloe was born, you know, we had that postnatal diagnosis. I started connecting with other families in that. And mm. what I learned from them was every family I spoke to, whether it was in person, over the telephone back then or internet or whatever, every person who had a prenatal diagnosis told me that they were encouraged at that moment to terminate their child and that just greatly disturbed me i mean that's silent a silent eugenic movement and it is true like in in the united states it depends what region you're in it's between 70 and 90 percent you know some areas are much more pro-life than others but um if you go to europe it's over 90 percent australia new zealand we don't know the numbers in china we can only imagine but it's it is a it's a global genocide prenatal genocide against these kids and we learned um in 2017 that the health minister in Iceland proudly proclaimed that they had cured Down syndrome in Iceland and they had cured it by using prenatal tests because they have socialized medicine up there to identify target and limit mm. all children with that prenatal diagnosis. And that was their idea of curing Down syndrome, which greatly offended me and, and led me, God led me at that point to speak at the United Nations as I, I can detail later. Yeah, you, you, you call it uh, silent eugenics, right? Yes. That's, that's the word you would call it, not cure, but silent eugenics. Identifying, targeting, eliminating a human being, I call it, as my police perspective, giving them a prenatal death sentence without due process because they don't meet the cultural mandate for, for, for perfection is something that's just disturbed all of us. And every, you know, anybody who's watching this 
podcast, you think, well, who's next? What if we get a prenatal test for autism? How about depression? They say that's genetic. How about one for baldness or being short or having acne or maybe having a health condition that the society deems is not appropriate? You know, the list goes on and on. I think they tried that once in society back in the 1940s to eliminate the people that weren't worthy to be here. And so as this prenatal testing advances, then we all should be very concerned of where it's leading us. Well, your, your ministry, Kurt, has uh, gained you a lot of notoriety. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your interactions with the previous administration, the president and the vice president, and sure, how all that came about? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so because of Chloe, you know, I left my policing career. I began advocating, and, and we started doing legislation here in Pennsylvania. And in 2014, we were able to get legislation passed called the Down Syndrome Prenatal Education Act, which is Chloe's law. And Chloe actually signed it on Governor Corbett's desk along with a couple other individuals with Down syndrome. And that, that law mandated that people get a Down syndrome prenatal diagnosis, get factual, supportive, uplifting information. And after that, I'd like to say that was kind of a catalyst that started getting the word out across the country what was happening. Because I remember people kept coming and saying, I didn't know that was happening. I never heard about that. And it, it just elevated us, God elevated us to be spokespeople for what this this silent genetic movement was going. So by speaking, whenever whenever God opened the door, I went. I actually drove to Alabama one time to be on EWTN. I left at nine o'clock, got down there in the morning, was on two TV shows and drove back after a couple cups of coffee because I just wanted to get the word out. But um, it, it got attention across our state, but it also got attention nationally. So in 2018, when the president spoke at, for the first time, President Trump and Vice President Pence at the National Right to Life spoke live in person, March for Life, we actually got a call. I thought it was a spam call at first. It was from the White House inviting us to be with the president during this historic event. So we went down there, and I thought we were just going to sit in the audience, but we happened. His aide said, no, you're going to stand right behind him. <laughs> so I remember standing there. Chloe had one of her books to give to the president, and he spoke. And after he got done speaking, he turned around, and Chloe gave him a book, and he kissed her on the head, and he looked at her and said, she's beautiful. And it was really neat, you know, just to have Chloe as part of that historic thing, especially being that they're trying to eliminate these children from the earth. And Chloe has become good friends with Vice President Pence. Actually, he's introduced him in a couple events um, when he was Vice President. And a picture that was taken of Chloe and Vice President Pence actually hung on the West Wing of the White House. And since I'm home doing this podcast, I actually brought this down real quick. This is the picture that hung on the West Wing of the White House. And Vice President it hung there for several months, Vice President Pence signed that and sent that to Chloe when things changed in Washington, D.C. So it's a real blessing. You know, people ask me, how's this happening? I say, well, God doesn't call it qualified. He qualifies it called. And he's continued, like I said, to open doors for us and to use us to be his mouthpieces, his servants to spread this message, to spread this life message. Because I'll tell you, Jerry, there's no greater issue in our society today than the issue of abortion. We've terminated 63.5 million children. We kill 2,300 every day. We've wiped out most of individuals with Down syndrome. It's 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 beyond. The numbers are staggering. That's just the United States. So, living in this moment of history, I love history. This is mm. this is what we're all called to do, to address this great Amen. evil. Amen. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and that's fantastic that you're 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 on this crusade right now. What what a perfect timing for all of this, right? It, it awesome. is. It is. It is. It's amazing. I want to add something real quick. We were talking about Iceland. You know, what's interesting, yeah. I was doing some research. You know, in 1973, when we passed Roe v. Wade in the United States, we have one of the most, you know, open abortion laws, laws abortion, basically, mm -hmm. for any reason up to birth. In 1973, we passed, when abortion was legalized, we 
legalized killing our most vulnerable and innocent children prenatally. Mm. But also in 1973, well, a lot of people don't know, that was the same year we passed the Endangered Species Act, the same mm. year which criminalized killing our most vulnerable animals, even animals, it's against the law to destroy an eagle egg or a turtle egg. You'll probably end up in federal prison if you do. And an eagle egg is what? It's a prenatal yeah. eagle. Why is it illegal to kill them? Because they're endangered species. So I've I've made that argument, actually said the United Nations, mm-hmm. that if they're going to protect a prenatal eagle, they should be protecting prenatal individuals like my daughter. Yeah, the the value of human life is infinitely more important than than any animal out there. And it's amazing how many, how much people actually care more about animals sometimes than they do about people. So I, that's that's a... Uh, that's really interesting that you would point that out. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Like I said, I mean, I love animals, but I mean, human beings are God's greatest creation. The, the, the sanctity of life, the miracle of birth from a uh, you know, a child that's the size of a pencil point growing into, you know, in the womb. And and I have to tell this too, Jerry. You know, like I said, I'm strong in my faith, and I I, I mention this a lot to people around Christmas time. You know, the Creator of the universe knows the hairs on your head, who who knows your DNA, who knows every single human being on this earth. The creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, when he chose to come down here to our earth to make his first appearance live, he chose to enter this earth through the womb of his mother. He could have came any way he wanted. He could have just appeared. He could have arrived on a chariot or a Tesla, but he chose to enter this earth through the womb of his mother. And it actually was John the Baptist, prenatal John the Baptist, who when he was in the presence of prenatal Jesus, leaped in the womb. So a prenatal child identified the prenatal creator on this earth. That should tell everything you need to know about the sanctity of human life. That's right. That's right. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Thanks Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so, Kurt, what, what we'll do here, maybe um, there's an interesting story I read about Chloe. Maybe you can expand on a little bit about, um, I, I think he was a friend of yours. He's a fallen police officer that she seems to have a special bond with. Um, do you mind talking a little bit more about that? No, I'd, I'd be honored. I love, especially, yeah. you know, this past week was Police Memorial Week, as we remember the men and women who defend us. And I always tell people, you know, when they talk about defunding the police and badmouth the police, I said, I'm not aware of many professions where a person will put on a uniform and go out to defend and protect people that hate them and will mm-hmm. lay down their lives for them no matter what. And I've worked with a lot of officers throughout the years from every background, every race, every culture, and every one of them were some of the highest credibility, honorable people I've ever met. But back in 2009, in the city of Pittsburgh, there was a um, ambush on three police officers out of the station I used to work out of. I had left the city at that point to be an advocate, but I knew the officers. It was a simple call, just a basic domestic call, and the officers went there. And when they entered, the first two that went through the door, the individual was highly armed, and he shot both of them. And then another officer was getting off, heard the heard them the shots fired, and headed over that way. And when he was exiting his, his personal vehicle, this individual shot and killed him. And then one of the individuals, his name was Paul Sholo. He was a friend of mine. I actually knew his family when I walked the beat um, as a beat cop. And he left a six-figure job to become a cop because he wanted to give back to his community. Paul was the first one killed on that thing. And I knew his mom and dad well. So Paul's buried up at the, the cemetery next to Children's Hospital. And his face is on his tombstones. Whenever I took Chloe up there for appointments, I would always make it a stop and just pay my respects to Paul. And, and Chloe, when mm-hmm. she was little, she would start talking to Paul and saying things to him. And I'd say, Chloe, who are you talking to, honey? And she'd say, well, I'm talking to Paul, Dad. Almost like, what's wrong with you? Don't you see him here? And she started telling me things about him that nobody knew. Chloe had actually never met Paul. Mm-hmm. And I would go down to visit his parents after Chloe's appointments and tell her, tell them these things. It brought them a lot of peace in that. But the one trip up there, she was talking to Paul. 
and she, she was just communicating with them. And then uh, after her appointment, she said, Dad, I got to talk to Max and Susie. That's Paul's parents. I said, okay, honey. So we drove down their house. We went in there, and Chloe says to Max and Susie, she goes, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. And they, they go, what is it, honey? And they, she goes, I see Paul, and he's up in heaven, and he's holding a baby. And the, Paul's mother got real emotional, and she was like, ready to cry. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. I'm sorry. I, they go, no, no. And she said, what do you mean he's holding a baby, Chloe? And Chloe said, I see Paul up in heaven. He's holding a baby. It's, it's his brother. His name's David, and he's holding him up in heaven. Then the father was in there. They both started crying and weeping. And I thought, oh, boy, what a mess I started here. And then I, the mother goes, no, no, Kurt, we have to tell you something. Forty-three years ago, she miscarried a baby boy. Only her and her husband knew about it. <laughs> David was one of the names they were thinking about it, that naming the child. And then when Paul was killed in this horrific uh, ambush and uh, you know, mm. slaughter these great police officers, they said to each other, well, at least he's in heaven with his brother. And they were the only ones that knew it. And here's Chloe telling them that she sees Paul up in heaven with, her, with his brother. So I said, that's just... Another miracle how God speaks through these kids, and um, you know, and just and it also shows that children who die in the womb are in heaven, waiting to be reunited with us one day. Yeah, that is um, that is truly an amazing story. <laughs> truly an amazing story, and I know uh, we've talked a little bit about it. You you feel that that Chloe has a very special connection with God, and and you believe that uh, Down syndrome children have that connection across the board, and it's it's a really unique connection that we don't maybe share in the same way that they do? Well, children with Down syndrome have an extra chromosome. They have an extra 21st chromosome. That's why every March 21st, 321, is World Down mm. Syndrome Day. And uh, <laughs> I actually wrote an article once that Adam and Eve, because, you know, as I walk, Chloe just turned 19. I and I will tell you this, Chloe does not have evil in her. She doesn't have malice. Mm. Can she have a behavior or get upset if you take her phone off her? Absolutely. She'll never intentionally hurt anybody. I, as a 20 police officer for 20 years in three major cities, I never got a call with a person with Down syndrome hurting someone. So I actually wrote an article that Adam and Eve had Down syndrome until the devil stole the extra chromosome. And we're actually the ones who are disabled. We're the, we're the messed up ones. And when we enter heaven one day, we'll see that individuals with Down syndrome were exactly as God intended us to be. We're the ones that have screwed things up since the devil opened our eyes to all the things of the world and kind of pulled us away from the word. Wow, no, that's and and that's that's fantastic. What a, what a great theory on that. And do um, would you mind if we talk to Chloe a little bit? She actually stepped out of the room. She oh. went to get a drink of water. But I'll okay, again, I'll actually yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring her over here and yeah, no uh, worries. I wanted to, I was talking about World Down Center Day on three twenty one. So yeah, you're listening, something really cool happened this past year. The the great state of West Virginia, which is south of us, um, Chloe and I spoke at their convention last year, and they told us they were trying to get a law passed there that will ban aborting kids with Down syndrome. Governor Justice is the pro-life governor down there. So I offered our, Chloe and I offered our services, and we made at least a half dozen trips down to the West Virginia Capitol, speaking to legislators. We were introduced on the floor. We uh, spoke at a pro-life rally day. We did a lot of things down there. And sure enough, the, the legislature down there passed a ban, the Down Center Protection and Education Act will also give education material. And Governor Justice signed that ban just this past March 21st on World Down Center Day. I have a really cool video. If any of your listeners want to see it, I can be glad to share, share it with them. It's also on my social media of Governor Justice with his dog, baby dog, signing the legislation and handing Chloe the pen and giving her mm -hmm. a copy of the law. And I will tell you, that was one of the most 
joyful, uh, is awesome days of my life is when that happened down there in West Virginia. So, that, have, so that's that's a Chloe Law part two in a different state. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. I mean, wow. Chloe Law in Pennsylvania. Right gets educational material out, but does not ban aborting kids with Down syndrome. We, we've tried that in Pennsylvania. We've got it passed in the legislature, but unfortunately we have a governor who's, who doesn't, who vetoes all pro-life legislation. But mm. that law down in, in West Virginia, yes, it gets the education material out, but it also bans aborting a child with Down syndrome. So that's, that's the awesome part about it. And it, it was just, it was really an honor to be part of that whole Thing and to, to know that we got to advocate down there and we met some incredible people, West Virginians for life, who just do amazing work. And uh, I tell people they, they don't have a lot of money and neither do neither do we, but we have a lot of treasure stored up in heaven for the work to <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Wow. Um, well, that, yeah, well, that's fantastic. I, I, and I have one more question. Then if Chloe comes back, yeah. that's great too. Um, sure. But we could, um, so for you, right? So I'd say this. Um, so Kurt, what can everyday Americans do to help your cause, right? How can we help elevate this issue even further? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is Americans is, is spreading the truth, you know, getting the word out, letting people know what, what's happening. Because, you know, take an opportunity just to inform people. That's, that's, you know, that's why it's so important that we connect with each other. You know, Chloe and I, we speak across the country. If anybody would like us to come do a presentation at your church, at your state capitol, mm -hmm. at your any type of convention or venue, you can connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all, all, all um, social media sites. We even have a, a website called embracedonerace.org. We're, we're currently building that, but our contact information is in there. We would love to help you spread the word and, and get it out because the truth, you know, if people aren't sharing the truth, then unfortunately, as we know in our culture, then then the devil will, will share the, the lies and the deception and the darkness. And we have to always be pushing back on that and I, by doing that, I like to quote one of my favorite people, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, who said, silence in the face of evil is evil mm -hmm. itself. Not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. And all of us, you know, the mortality rate's 100%. We'll stand in front of God one day. And we're gonna have to give an account of what, what we did during this brief time we were on this planet. And, you know, spreading the truth is so powerful. That's what Jesus did. That's one of the main reasons they had to get rid of him, because he was spreading the truth. That's he was right. telling people, he was he was letting them know the absolute truth as, as far as God's word. He said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. So spreading the truth, if yeah. somebody would like us to come speak or help with legislation in your state, we've, we've gone to capitals across the country. We spoke National Right to Life Convention, North Carolina Right to Life, Prayer Breakfast, we, we We'll go anywhere because it's it's that important. I I tell people people are like why don't you slow down? I said, listen, when I'm in heaven, I'll I'll rest up there. That's right. So <laughs> we have plenty of time to rest in heaven. And well, uh, here here's here's that book that Chloe's on that she gave to President Trump. She gave this book out. I, I um, let your listeners know we spoke to the United Nations twice. That that just came out of nowhere. That opening and. Chloe gave this to uh, delegates and diplomats from across the world. And there's actually a really neat picture. It's on my site and on some other things where Chloe is handing this book to the delegate from Russia and Saudi Arabia and standing in between him as she flashes the peace sign. So maybe we need somebody with Down syndrome up at the UN to get things straightened out here and what's happening on a global basis right now. But uh, it's it's been, like I said, quite, a, sure. quite an amazing journey. Uh, absolutely it has. And Chloe, if you don't mind, I, I have a couple questions for you. Hi. Hi, how are you? 
Chloe, you are an amazing woman. You, at the age of 18, you have done more than most people will ever do in their entire lives. So it's, it's really an honor for me to get to talk to you. And as I was looking at some of the things that you've done, you've met the president and the vice president already. You got, I saw the picture earlier on, right? So you did that. Uh, you have, the picture is actually hanging in the White House, which is fantastic. You've spoken at the UN, not just once, but twice. <laughs> You've spoken twice at the UN. You have countless awards for all of the uh, advocacy work that you've been doing. You even have a law named after you. It sounds like two laws now, uh, and, and, uh, another law that came out of it. Uh, and so it's just amazing to see how God has used you in your life. Uh, and so uh, do you have any words you want to share with the audience? Anything that you would like to say? Sometime I have to prompt her because she gets like uh, with the thing. Chloe, tell everybody what Jesus made you. She always tells everybody when she meets me that Jesus made her perfect. And um, t tell her who some of your favorite people are. Okay. Donald Trump. <laughs> who else? <laughs> who else here? Who's this right here? Who's it? Who is it? Mike Pence. So yeah, she gets a little shy from the camera. She, Chloe's really good in person. When I when we got to yeah. speak, she speaks in person. But um. Yeah, she tells everybody. She said this to the UN. It was it was neat up there. There was a group of people who were there actually pro-abortion to kind of protest what we were doing. We were warned about it, and she got up and spoke and told everybody, "Jesus made me perfect." And I, I'm telling you, when we were done, these people from all over the world came up to Chloe, wanted their picture with her, wanted her autograph, and actually, an Italian filmmaker out of Rome made a video that's a global video. You can find it online. It's why we should welcome children with Down syndrome. They went out across the globe in like eight different languages. Because that's just, I, I like to call her, Chloe's a messenger. She's a harbinger for, for love and lashing the peace sign is good because she does come in peace. She does. Well, like I said, Chloe, it's a real honor for me to meet you in person. And, and thank you for all that you've been doing. It's unbelievable work that you and your dad and your entire family have been doing. Thank you. Tell Jerry what happened this week. What was this week? You're what? Uh, I say. How old are you this week? She turned 19 this week, so we're moving. 19. I said 18. I thought you were eight. You turned 19 this week. Unbelievable. So that's thanks. awesome. Thank well, you. look. Thank you both of you guys for uh, all that you've done. It, it was a real pleasure for us to to spend some time with you, and I, I I know the audience will definitely enjoy the message that you brought here today. So thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all you're doing because there's you know spreading the truth, spreading the facts, and pushing back the lies and the deception of darkness is what we all need to be doing now more than ever. So. Thanks for what you're doing there at Restoration Pack and for the awesome leadership you have there and just continue to do what you do. And we're at your service if you ever need us in the future. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. God bless. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.